go. This is it. This is episode 391. I, I uh, have to look at the paper to get that. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think I'd remember that. But it's episode yeah, 391. <laughs> the part I do know is that we're at Acme, and this is No Laugh Track Podcast. I'm Justin, and you're Anthony. I am. DeVito. What's the, hi? Yeah, man. It's nice to see you again, Justin. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's uh, for... For the one person that doesn't remember, everybody remembers how long it's been. Oh, but, John, but I'll rem- sure. I'll remind that one person. Last <laughs> time you were here was May of 2019. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the public knows. Mm-hmm. They keep accurate records of uh, my appearances on the No Laugh Track podcast. Exactly. So <laughs> mark that. Mark this one down. Now this is now September 2020, and welcome back. Thanks, man. Always love it here. Uh, nothing's happened in the last year, <laughs> so right? Not to my knowledge, man. You know, I I mm. haven't seen or heard anything. Mm. Business as usual on my end. Yeah, but ditto. I'll tell you one thing on the, on the drive <laughs> over here. Uh, actually, this is the first thing I want to mention to you. I want to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Jed just left my house to drive over here, and uh, there's two guys sitting on their front uh, driveway in front of their house. It's two guys with a table. It's full of stuff. I'm like, what do they have there? I look closer. Huge DVD sale. Oh, okay. Not a garage sale. Not like we're selling all of our stuff. Not a Just, moving sale. Like yeah. we're selling the old lamps and clothes. Just <laughs> DVDs in their driveway. Yeah, I mean, your I, thoughts. I get it. Just because I don't know if you remember when DVDs first came out. I at least I think I was around high school or college. I was so excited. Um, oh yeah! Like I don't know how many times I watched The Matrix with just looking at the explosions and being like, "It's so clear!" Like, <laughs> um, uh-huh. so I I get having a vast collection of DVDs, and then did you did you already own it on VHS before you bought it on DVD? Because I had a roommate at around that same time where they popped and everybody was collecting right. stuff. He was buying movies for a second time, and he was yes. getting them. Uh, like it would be like uh, what's the old Young Frankenstein? Oh it's, sure, it was never recorded in like high def. Right, it was never good quality. It yeah. was always black and white. Totally, he yes. brought that home on DVD, and I was like, I don't think, I don't think the quality's going to improve much. I don't- <laughs> that was that was. I don't. Yeah, I would do that thing because I'm I'm like a dumb enough person where I'm like I just feel like it's a better. It's funnier now. <laughs> you know, I just. <laughs> I I totally <laughs> thought that and did that. The where, jokes pop. Where man. I'd be like, yeah, I did. before I couldn't uh, really appreciate Gene Wilder's performance, but now with perfect clarity, this movie's incredible. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I rem I remember because I didn't I didn't really collect VHSs because I don't know if you remember too. Like VHSs, if it wasn't the most popular movie, they were like a hundred dollars, crazy expensive. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember for Christmas one year. Asking for a bunch of things and then tacked on Weekend at Bernie's 2, thinking like, oh, this will just be another thing in the bunch. And my mom was like, she was like, it was old enough where she wasn't, you know, there wasn't Santa Claus. And I remember her being like, yeah, about this list, uh, Weekend at Bernie's is $90. And I remember it was like, how bad do you want this? Um, So I remember that was like, I never had a lot of VHSs because... The more obscure ones were so costly. They that, were. Yes. When DVDs came out, every DVD was like, at most, it was maybe 1999. Yeah. So I remember being like, oh, I'm going to build up this giant collection of DVDs. Because I remember going to college with uh, binders full of DVDs, uh, oh, excited yeah. to impress uh, people with them. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I don't know how many years later, it was just DVDs were obsolete. And it was this learned lesson of to just never do that again. Never. Where do you know where they are now? 
Um, that case of that uh, folder of DVDs. Yeah, I, I my mom I, my mom has them somewhere in her apartment, and I remember I don't know if you did this trick too, where I would hide. I, I think I bought one uh, porno DVD. I remember going to Times Square in New York, and this is back when like New York's like economy just ran on common pretzels. Uh, yeah, and I remember. Buying uh, a DVD of this movie, I think this girl Devin was in it, who I was a big fan of at the time. And uh, I remember it was underneath a DVD for Escape from Alaska, which was all it's like more embarrassing to have that. It was this like (laughs) bad Kurt Russell action movie uh, and hidden behind that. And I can't remember the title of the porn, but like it was like that was way more embarrassing than Escape from Alaska. And no one's ever going to look behind Escape from Alaska. Exactly. Also, too, it was like what an outlier in the collection. Like it's it's like, sure, something is up with this (laughs) DVD. The rest of it's like, oh, the Matrix and, you know, renowned movies. And then it was just like, what is this? Yeah, he has nothing but comedies and sci-fi, and then what in the hell? Yeah, Yeah, and why does this DVD seem so thick? (laughs) You know what I need to do now is uh, when I leave here, I'm going to stop it. If those guys still have their little shop open, I'm going to see if they have Weekend at Bernie's. Oh yeah, man! Uh, I you know I'm I'm such a fan of Weekend at Bernie's. I, Dude, where, if I get your copy, where should I send it? Oh, I'll send you my address. Um, I I'm hesitant to give it out on the podcast because I've done that too many times. <laughs> but uh, I will I will give you my address. You want to send me Weekend at Bernie's? Uh, that was. I just want to share. Then the other thing that just happened to me. Uh, before that is actually I uh, I'm driving a rental car right now. I had some damage to my car. Mm. It's getting fixed. Insurance thing. So they're like, oh, yeah, and the insurance will give you a rental car. It's covered. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I never wow. get, a, I get to drive something else for a little bit. Yeah. Again, maybe. Like, oh, what am, what am I going to get? <laughs> exact same car that I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That sucks. That's yeah. the excitement of a rental car. Man, I was I was renting a car as you know a month ago or so in New York, and uh, the the people in front of me they opted for the mystery car. <laughs> it was just a, it was a European couple excited to visit New York, and they got this gigantic long bed pickup truck, and I was laughing so hard. <laughs> they were so it's like yeah, where would you ever park that thing in New York? <laughs> in New York, and and they and the car company, it's like they couldn't be bothered. Like you know the people that work there, they're you know they've been working there throughout a pandemic, so they're surly. Oh yeah, and uh, these people like, were like, "Long, long, long." That was so funny. They were just like, "Do you have anything for doll?" And they were like, "This is it, man. You got the mystery card. This is your mystery." And they were just like, "Okay, thank you." <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> oh, that just makes me think. Like when I was a kid, I I just got together with. Uh, I was telling you guys before this. I just got together with some guys I went to high school with. I hadn't seen in years, and we were reminiscing. A lot of the guys I played baseball with. Okay. We were reminiscing about how many trips we went on in the back of someone's pickup truck, oh, like just okay. sitting in the bed of a pickup truck on the highway. Yeah. Like five. Just five eleven-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, man. I just so dangerous. I remember because my uncle. There weren't like a ton of pickup trucks in North Jersey. My uncle did drive one. He we were construction. And I remember as a kid, he he just he drove all over the road. And when I was a kid, I was like, oh, Uncle Paul drives fun. And then later on, I was like, oh, he was drunk. He was just drunk the whole time. And I was like, you got to ride with Uncle Paul, man. That guy's a blast. And it's like, no, he just endangered my life, my whole childhood. <laughs> oh, no. I want to ask how things turned out for Uncle Paul. Uh, you know, um, he, he was the kind of guy, I, I think there's just certain people where their makeup 
they they can live dangerously or horribly, and they just they just survive. It works for him. Yeah, yeah. it worked for him. Uh, and you know, I, I, he passed. Uh, I think he may pass last year. We didn't have the best relationship later on in life, but yeah, he was one of those guys where it's just like he's just gonna keep hanging around. <laughs> Doesn't matter how many boilermakers he drinks. It's right. uh, that's his. Those are his vegetables. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes him him. Yeah, that's just who he is. Uh, well, let's talk more about you now. So you're here in town doing the week here at Acme headlining. I saw the show last night. Yeah. I did not come to the club that is where everybody's socially distanced here uh, really well. I watched really via well. Zoom. It's how yeah, I did it. I think this is, uh, I, uh, yeah, I think this is the move in terms of like uh, how to do it. Because there, I mean, it is, it's a big room and everyone is spaced so far apart very safely. Um, which is comforting, you know, for everybody. Yeah. But then uh, it's just enough people where this feels like it felt it felt like a full great show last night. So if you're watching at home, you you get you get a very you know you get a safe experience of actually watching comedy. And then there's just enough people here where if you're performing comedy, it it feels like a real show. Yeah. Good. So I I don't know. I just think that that combination is a for right now, I think that's the best I've seen uh, it done where I think everybody feels okay. I uh, That's good to hear. I, I saw a comment, I think it was on your Twitter feed, and one of us needs to go and take care of this as soon as we're done here. <laughs> this is very serious stuff. Uh, <laughs> someone, you, you, you posted about how you were going to be here at... at Acme in yeah. Minneapolis, and they said, "Oh, well, too bad it's not available on the internet. Otherwise, I'd be able to watch." Oh, really? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't it's know that. Available. <laughs> it's available. I'll tell them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell them. I'm so uh, we got to get the word out on that. That there's that is no. I'm I'm emphasizing that now. There's no more excuses of well, I don't live in that town. Yeah, it's not an excuse anymore. Yeah, you can't make it to your living room. You can't really. <laughs> you you have internet. We know you have internet. Everybody has internet access. Yeah, I, th- I I think this is great. I even think going forward, this is kind of a cool thing. I mean, I I mean, comedy is best. It's a it's a live medium, and that's, uh, you know, yeah, at its finest, that's how it should be I experienced. I agree. But if it you know if it does get the word out, I don't know how you figure that out financially but i I do think it's really interesting this idea of people watching from home because also too that's the thing when you watch a special it's so manicured and it's so it's tightly done and it doesn't really capture just in every night at a club so i think i think seeing that i think is a very cool thing that's a great point because yeah i mean you can watch somebody's polished set with perfect lighting and i mean i mean there's good lighting here for your show sure yeah we have there's three cameras it's hd yes they're cutting through you know all three of them uh but it isn't like the polished you know theater show yeah you're you're it's a club yeah club gig totally yeah like that's what i think there was an old special and i'm not you know I, i wouldn't knock Dave Attell he's you know one of the best ever but I, I he had a special in a theater I think it was called Captain Miserable where it just it was so it was it was just so polished that it didn't capture who he is what the jokes are and yeah. what he does and then that other special that he had on Comedy Central uh, I think Roadwork maybe where it was just it was cut up sets yes. from just whenever at a club and it was like this is unbelievable because you've you've nailed the experience of going to a comedy club. Yes, that is David Tell. You're and, absolutely right. Yeah, and I, and I think do like having this uh removed, you know, Zoom sort of element, I think is a way to do that. So I, I don't know, I just I think 
who knows going forward i and i have no i'm know nothing about business so i don't know yeah. what that helps or hurts you know with monetary stuff yeah. but uh i i just think yeah i think it's uh it's an ingenious uh way to do that so you live in new york i'm sure i know you have to be paying attention to how things are being run there and getting into clubs and whatnot right yeah. i saw was it Tuesday of this week, there was some comedy club owners there in New York that yes. that had sort of like a press conference, and they're trying to get <laughs> yeah. some answers of yeah. when the clubs are going to open. Yeah, so I think it's tied to because I think restaurants are able to open in some capacity. I think I think even maybe tomorrow or something. Uh, and so I think comedy clubs are you know they made a plea to uh, politicians to just include them in the fold of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I obviously I'm on the side of it. <laughs> what have you? How creative have you? What sort of creative shows have you participated in? You know, have you done the park shows? Yes. the backyard shows. Yeah, both. Yeah, I've done. Uh, there's been. Um, uh, Sam New York Club has done. I mean, they have like nine shows in Central Park that are going on, uh, and then um, independent shows that are being run on rooftops and then in backyards. And I've been impressed because these are a lot of them are just comics running it. And you know, I, you're familiar with comics; they're not the, <laughs> the most upstanding of citizens. So I've really been impressed with the measures that they're taking with these backyard shows. Um, so yeah, people got creative, and it, it's been really fun. And it's also kind of it's illegal so well that's what i was there. Yeah, i'm glad you said that because that yeah. was sort of the one of the points that was made in this article i read it was like hey I, what i think christian finnegan the yes. comedian, he was interviewed in this thing i read uh-huh. and he's going look we're doing it we're cockroaches you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna snuff us out yes either you're gonna open the clubs and we're gonna do it there or we're gonna do it in people's backyards yeah, illegally man. like we are already doing yeah. yeah no it has like a very prohibition speakeasy kind of feel to it which is kind of cool right you know yeah it, there, there is this moment where you know I know I, I I never really stole as a kid, but I have friends that stole all the time that would be like, "There's a rush to it, and there there is a little bit of that that you get, which is uh, which fun." When every when when that someone ever says that about stealing as a kid, I have a, still a vivid memory of I could I could take you to the gas station where it is <laughs> on the east side of St. Paul, and I was probably six years old. Yeah, and for some reason I had to have this pack of rain rain blow. It was called uh-huh. rain blow gum. Okay, and I remember sliding it so slowly <laughs> into my pocket, but giggling the whole time. Yeah, that was the rush for whatever seven-year-old me. Right, I giggled the whole time. I was always and too, I got away with it. That's that's awesome, man. I was always way too nervous. I remember I accidentally stole a pack of baseball cards. I was tormented for like a week. Um, I I slinked back to to put the baseball cards back in such a strange. Like, I, like no, the guy, don't. yeah, I'm, I remember that because it was a pack of, it was like a, a silver pack of Fleer baseball cards. And I was just looking at them and offhand, I just hap, I didn't realize I was doing it. I just put it in my pocket yeah, yeah. and then I got home and I was like, oh my God. Because uh, I just remember being hammered as a kid, my permanent record. My permanent, I just remember going, this will go on my permanent, permanent record. record. Yeah. So I remember going back a week later and very, I'm sure the guy was like, this kid's about to steal. He's being so weird. When you were putting him back? And I was putting him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a strange child. <laughs> This is he's acting very suspiciously. Yeah, Wait, he's yeah. emptying his pockets. Yeah, what, what's going on here? He's waiting for a moment to increase our stock. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. That'd have been great if you went back to a store, the wrong one that doesn't even you know. We yeah, we really haven't funny. sold those in ten years. Yeah, is, some kid is randomly helping us. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Wants us to have these for some reason. Um, 
Wow, see, we got a little... People, uh, there might not be parking spots right out front Acme if you come tonight, but there are right around the corner. I don't know <laughs> if the mics are picking that up, but there is a little bit of construction on the road right yeah, now. Uh... Um, so when, when, right before everything shut down yes. and, and the COVID hit and everything, and uh, I <laughs> saw... On Please, your... I call it the hoax, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one I call it the China virus. <laughs> yeah. You call it the Hulk, so I call it the China <laughs> virus. Uh, um, I saw on your Instagram you were a, either about to or had just started doing a one-man show. Yes, I um I had just written and was uh, starting to kind of piece together and perform a one-man show about finding out that my when I was a kid, finding out that my father was a made man in an organized crime family. Yeah, so I was I was in the throes of that, and then this happened. Um, Had you okay? So I, everyone that just heard you say that, including me, has a billion questions. Sure, uh, of course. So what I saw that was like uh, the next, like the, the the thing I saw, I was like, and the next show was March twelfth. Or so had you done any at that point? Yes, I had done. Um, I had done a week at a place called the Creek just to kind of just figure out what the show was just figure out the bones of the show i guess and then from there i had done a couple i think i had done it maybe four more times beyond that and it was starting to shape and i was and i and i remain very excited about it and i plan on continuing it after everything comes back okay but i was starting to shape and then March 12th was the day yeah. when the NBA shut down. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks got the virus. And I remember I had to do, and doing a one-man show, there's no string, you know? There, it's not like comedy where you're just like, no, I think I'll try this bar. It's like, this is very, it's, it's more rigid. So oh, it was sure. an audience of just scared people who had just, the NBA just closed down. And yeah. I was just like, my father. And they were like, this is nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was, it was wild. Oh, no. <laughs> wild. <laughs> Man. So you had to then obviously put that show on pause. Yeah. It's, it's just hard because um, it's. You know, stand-up I can do, or I was able to do pretty much every night. So it's like I could tinker with the parts and then see those parts in action every night. But with the one-man show, I, I was write, you're writing it as a whole piece, you know? So it's like one thing in the beginning affects a part in the middle, which then has some effect to the end. So it, you have to do it that way. Um, so I had to just I had to wait until the next time I was able to perform it, which could be, you know, once a month or something like that. So it's not it's not as easy as stand up to kind of piecemeal a set together. So I read a uh, I guess it'd be a review. Somebody that saw it. Yes. Right, Vulture. Is that? Yeah. A writer. Uh, Katie Mears. Um, she she came out and saw a show. She's uh, just a longtime friend. She used to be. I actually know her from when she was in college because our podcast, the Rad Dude Cast, has been going on for like eight years, seven years, whatever it is. And she used to be our weather girl. We just thought it was funny to have a weather girl. We didn't have a lot of fans. So she was our weather girl on the podcast, and she would just tell us the weather, and we thought it was funny. And then she she just was really interested in comedy and then uh, eventually became a writer, a freelance writer for Vulture, and then came out, saw the show, and wrote a piece about it, which was very, very nice of her. That is so cool. Oh, really cool. Yeah. That is so cool. So one of the things, one of my favorite lines that she wrote about your show is that, uh, well, actually, not, yeah, she said that oftentimes when comedians write one-man shows, they forget about the funny part. 
Yeah, about it being funny. Yes. Yeah. That was the goal. I've never, I never set out to make this a dramatic piece. I thought it was, it could be compelling um, and funny, Uh, just in the way that I I mean, I watched Gary Goldman's that last HBO special that he did about mental uh, depression. Depression. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I just thought it was remarkable in terms of like how many jokes he fit, he fit into a really interesting narrative. So I wanted to do something that was similar to that. I mean, Birbiglia obviously is a master yeah. at it. Um, but, yeah, I wanted something, and it's still, it's you know, it's in the mix of being done. So it's, it. I don't know that it right now has, like, an identity to it, but somewhere between, you know, a Birbiglia show and what Gary had done. How long was it taking you to tell that story at night to people? Um, I mean, it, I think it, it probably averaged about forty minutes uh, where it was at. Oh, that's it. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I mean, that it was. It's still like in the sort of infantile stages of it because I started writing it last September, and then uh, the first time I did it was December. So I wrote it over the course of a couple months, and I just treated it like writing stand-up, where I would just write it. I would just you know bother with it every day yeah amazing so from what i've what i've read and mm-hmm. what I, I you didn't you had and i think did you me- even mention yeah you mentioned a bit on stage last night yeah i tried how, a bit from it yeah yeah about he he passed away be- yes. before you were born before or when born. you were one yes or, okay and then uh Where i was one yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know my memory <laughs> you know my history better than i do you were, <laughs> you were actually 75 days old no um <laughs> I talked to your mom about this. I, I, I needed exact <laughs> oh, facts. Be so happy she's talking to anyone. <laughs> uh, but so wait, let's do the kind of the quick version of the story. So sure. You, growing up, you didn't know. No, you were I did not. Told some lies. Yes, I, I was told uh, a series of lies. Some were just my mother omitting. It was the truth. She just omitted a lot of details around the truth. Yeah. Like she told me he died in a car accident. And then later on, I found that, it, you know, they found him in a car, in the trunk of a car. <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, a car on purpose. Um, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, well, technically speaking, that did, you know, she had parts of it right. Uh, but, yeah, no, she, you know, she had her reasons uh, for not telling me the truth. And those reasons are good reasons you know there were safety reasons there were she didn't want anyone to look at me differently because of the familial ties that i had so there were no parts of me which was ever really mad at her for it like i got why she was doing what she did and she was very forthcoming about the brutality of the situation so in doing that i was like yeah thank you (laughs) you know i (laughs) there were no there were no parts of me that were you know um yeah, and and it did uh, shape uh, who I am going from. You know, I, I was headed in a direction that clearly was not uh, his line of work. Um, but then from then on, it, it very much even further shaped who I am in terms of this docile, gentle, laid-back creature. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so like I got a really discounted. Uh what, what, what do you call that? I got a membership to that website, the app Ancestry. You know, oh, you sure. Like, do your family tree. Yeah. Like just recently. So mm-hmm. I'm like in the last month of that right yeah. now. Yeah. It's just funny because literally just last night, I got an email like, oh, we have new clues to the Severson family tree. <laughs> and one of them was a bunch of pictures um, 
from my mom's yearbook okay. in this small town in southwestern Minnesota. And I saw for the f- – I had no knowledge of this. My mom at one point was the school mascot. Oh, So cool. I saw a picture last night of my mom in a tiger costume <laughs> from, you know, the 60s or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's quite different than your story. Yeah, when I look him up on the internet, you, there are different tales. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I <laughs> – well, Could you – so, like, how, mon- how many more – how did, uh, that's not the right way to ask that. Were, I've, since you found out all about mm-hmm. the real story, yeah. like, did how many things are just like, oh, well, now that makes sense. A million and everything. Oh, and that <laughs> makes sense. And are you have you met other family now? Because I think I um, read that you didn't really know much family from your dad's side. Uh, at yeah, all. I didn't really know much. We, uh, I, I, I knew. Um, yeah, I knew some, and they've always been genial. They've always been friendly. Like, there's no there's no animosity or anything like that. But I think for my mom, she was apprehensive just, uh, you know, just given the nature of what he was into. And that's not to say everybody in his family is or was doing that, you know? I was just like that it uh, – she was scared for, you know, that reason. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Have you, um, so have you gone, like, was he, I, I read, there, there, like, he spent some time in, in prison. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Have you gone back and then, like, c- looked at all the details? Like, were there, were some. there newspaper, were there news articles about him? Uh, there he, were, yeah. When he yes. was committing these crimes? Yeah, they're hard. <laughs> they're hard, they're hard to look at just because, um, you know, when you see it, if you're not, if you're, it's removed. It's just abstract if you don't have any ties to it. But I look at it and I'm like, that's my dad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So if I watch The Sopranos, I'm not like, that's a character uh, burying a body in the woods. I'm like, that's Papa. Like, that's, it's a, just a different, it's, it's, a, it's a different feeling. <laughs> um, so, and, and then, you know, my mom will drop sort of things here and there. But it's it's at her comfortability levels. Sure. Um, so has she told you like, have you got to moments where she's like, and we're not? I'm yes. Not, yeah. Just because it, it's still it's still painful for her to go back to those places, and that's not to say you know she fell in love with him as a man, and I mean, and that is what a lot of the show is about is like reconciling uh, a person not just for one part of them, but for all these other parts oh, of them. Oh, I'm sure. So you know, th- it's it's painful for her for a lot of reasons. Um, so, but you know, she'll just say things off. She'll say things offhanded that are just like Jesus. You know what I mean? She'll like, oh yeah. She'll be like. Kansas. I've been to Kansas because that's where he was serving, and I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just always taken aback by it." <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, man, I can only imagine. So I got to. Did gangsters are known for having nicknames? Yes. Was there a nickname that you've? Uh, that you've yes, of? there was, but I'm. Uh, I you won't disclose details or anything like that. That's just fair. because of uh, her trepidation. That's. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, no. And I was, was going to say my own, too. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, she's not the only one holding me back. So, <clears throat> excuse me. You found, uh, you started piecing this together. I think I read because someone, uh, you met a cousin of yours? Yeah, I was playing basketball in high school. And um, there, you know, I would just, I would play every day. And it was just at a, you know, playground, park, uh in the neighborhood and there was there was a guy he just he looked like me and um 
I was kind of just struck by that a little bit. And then afterwards, he just came up to me and he was like, hey, I'm your cousin. or Because everyone was calling me DeVito on the court. And he was like, I'm your cousin. And I was like, huh? And he was like, from your father's side. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I was excited because I don't, I don't have, I'm an only child. I don't have a ton of family, especially any that are my age. So I went home and I told my mom. And that's when my mom told me. Because at that point, she was like, oh, I have to tell him just because I don't want him to start building a relationship with his cousin, not knowing the depths of it. Sure. Now, uh, did, did, did anybody ever consider, and maybe this, this might be the dumbest question I've ever asked. No, no, But you fine. found out because of your last name. What yes. if you would have changed your name? Um, was there, do you know if there was ever like, I'm really going to hide this. We're going to call him uh, <laughs> Tim, you know, Tim Anderson from now on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I no, that's not something I actually ever thought of. That's interesting, man. <laughs> but and then the name of, well, I mean, the name of the show is my, my dad isn't Danny DeVito. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you researched to know if there's any uh, connections in the Danny DeVito's family? No, I never have actually. There, there was. Uh, when because that vulture article came out and then um you know it got some press and people people came out to the show from the article which was really cool and um uh people I, my manager at the time well because they i think with these one-man shows they they want to attach a bigger name to them to just to draw people in and she was i guess danny devito was an option um but he had never seen the show or anything like that. And th- I mean, the, the, the first the first line as it stands in the show is making fun of his appearance. So I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea if he'd be on board. But uh, but that was I thought that would be so funny if I did the show. The whole show is about how my dad isn't Danny DeVito. And at the last minute, I introduce my dad and he just comes out and it is Danny DeVito. <laughs> I thought it would be perfect. Please, just once. Yeah. Just once. I, I thought it would be amazing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so obviously you're not doing that material here. Like you're not doing that show here at yes. the comedy club at Acme. Yeah. But there are some maybe some uh, aspects of that. Yeah. There. I mean, that joke is uh, that 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 joke about Danny DeVito translates into stand-up really well. Um, but really uh, well. but the other ones they're tied to the show. They just they don't they don't work out of place uh, in stand-up. And also the thing is too, it's like yeah, I'm well aware. If I bring it up, that's all people want to hear about. That. Sure. You know, there's no talking about that and then being like, and my girlfriend. Right. Like nobody, right. you know, nobody cares <laughs> beyond that, which I totally understand. And because uh, I I'm more I mean I'm more of a. I'm I'm less of a lengthy storyteller as a comedian. Yeah. I I tell stories, but they're usually more anecdotal with you know jokes you know peppered throughout them. So for this, uh, I was having trouble originally writing it because it was it felt too much like stand up, and I got the oh. advice of just write the story. Don't worry about the jokes, and then you know as you're doing it, the jokes will fill themselves They'll in. Come so, to you. so yeah, out of context, they don't really uh, make as much sense. Okay, okay. So the uh, like your your comedy album that's what three about three years old now. Yeah, 2017. So how are you going to find time? So now we're in a pandemic, so there's probably less dates to do shows <laughs> for sure. Uh, the clubs aren't exactly open where you live. Yeah. Um, 
when how you're working on new stuff now right yeah i was what's the plan man man the plan who i mean honestly who knows who knows graduate school open a hardware store i have no idea (laughs) but uh the plan yeah the the plan before right before the pandemic i was pretty satisfied because i had i was 10 minutes away i thought I think from a new album. So, uh, that's, I mean, that's where I stand right now. I think I have one, I might have like five minutes maybe, and this is being generous from the pandemic that could, uh, add on to that album. So I'm really searching for another five to eight minutes. And that's not much. Yeah. It, it, it it doesn't seem like much, but because some comics are so great at just observing the world at large and just having great material from that. And I've tried to do that. Every time I do that, I always think I have this like unique and you know thought-provoking idea. And then I go on Twitter, and it's like 40 teenagers have just said the same thing, and better than I have. Uh, so I things usually need to happen to me in order for me to produce uh, valuable material, and it's just not a lot has happened during this. So I've been going through uh, any open mic set or bar show that I've recorded from when I did my last album to now um, and just listening for jokes that I'm like, oh, I didn't know how to do that at the time. But with fresh ears, I could see that this joke is funny, but maybe it's like a couple words away or whatever. Yeah, so, we we had uh, John DeBoer was on. We did two shows last week and uh, yeah, he was saying some of the same thing. Yeah, I, I think for certain comics, that's just uh, the way that we have to do it. But, you know, then, you know, other ones, obviously, like, uh, you know, Michelle, Michelle Wolf friend, she can just uh, she can just look at what's happening and get a new hour of material. Right, right. I'm happy to get 30 seconds. And usually that 30 seconds is mildly funny. It's not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you so we're, let's wrap this up in a second here. But sure. you uh, you did mention your podcast. Yes. You're still doing that. The Red Dude cast. Yes. Uh I have a question just about how you guys are uh, not because it's going to be happening here. This is a f- this will always be a free podcast. It's all about promoting mm-hmm. the uh, the acts that are working here to get of people course. to come to Acme. Uh, but you guys do charge. You guys have a Patreon. And you do yeah. charge for some. So I'm curious. I'm looking through and it's like five dollar up, ten dollar, fifteen. <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah. So we before the pandemic because we were you know we're all three working comics. Greg Stone, Brendan Aaron, myself. Yeah. We're able to work the road and make money with stand up. But then with the road being shut down, the only money that we could foresee really generating was the podcast. So we used to do one free episode and one Patreon episode where people would pay five bucks extra and they would get two, you know, bonus ep- they would get a bonus episode per week. Yeah. But then when the pandemic happened, we ramped up to three Patreon episodes and then we included a ten dollar tier if you wanted to get two bonus episodes and then a fifteen dollar tier if you wanted to get three episodes as our only way of really surviving during this. Wow. Yeah. So you have been doing a lot of podcasting. <laughs> so I've this is and this was something I couldn't foresee because we do it over Streamyard or Zoom. I'm so sick of looking at my own face. <laughs> like before, I never did, and now, oh, it's like unbearable. Um, so uh, yeah, that was like an unforeseen challenge of this thing was just my nose. <laughs> have you? Uh, uh, there was a Twitter account that I was following. I don't even know if I am anymore, but it's Room Raider. Have you seen that? No. Room Raider. 
not Raider, Raider. Oh, they're okay. They're rating people's backgrounds of their Zoom, <laughs> you know, whatever they're doing. That's great. That's Do you, hilarious. Have you paid attention to what's in the background of yours? I watched a little bit of one of yours, and your buddy Greg yes. clearly uh, is He's, into, like, mm-hmm. uh, ac- action figures. Yeah. He's been very good about, like, setting up uh, – um, a, a, a nice visual uh you know he has like an array of action figures yeah. set up it very much looks like oh this is interesting to look at brendan the other guy same thing he's tried to put up like a poster of like taxi driver and some that. his yeah. it, it looks like a college dorm room like whatever yeah. he's attempted it's like you look like a liberal arts sophomore thought, you look like an idiot um, <laughs> and then yeah for mine i haven't done anything it's just whatever our our den looks like oh you know um but uh girlfriend's not letting you touch that no 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 she's not like oh please for the good of the podcast please ruin our life <laughs> anything honey but i will say that i've enjoyed that part of i early on i think i watched this like cnn uh, he was just like a a digital something or other specialist and you could tell he wasn't he's not like a guy doing great so one of his roommates popped out in the background while he's like explaining to you know the world about global markets and like his you know his roommate just came out of the shower and i was like that element of uh the pandemic i've enjoyed right right (laughs) yeah yeah we all got we all got our sh- our, ho- our shit at home. Yeah, that could go wrong, dude. There was one because my girlfriend and I've been watching these blooper videos. Uh, these just like you know um, on YouTube, and there was one where it was this news anchor, you know, broadcasting from Zoom in his like office space, and then a door just flung open, and his kid burst through the door, and then his wife ran and grabbed the kid, and she is Asian, and then. It cut back to the studio, and the guy goes, that must be his nanny. And I was like, are you? My girlfriend and I were, like, flabbergasted. Like, holy shit. We couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. We were laughing so hard at, like, well, that guy's fired. That's that's a given. I mean, wow. Oh, man, it was great. He's going to be apologizing after the commercial break. Yeah. Yeah, we were both like, why would you? Why would you ever? Why why would that even need to be brought up? Like, what? What world were you just like? Well, I should comment on the nature of their relate, even if it's like, wow, I was, it was, I was like, man, these moments are, these moments are beautiful. <laughs> oh, that, that is perfect. That is a, uh, that's a perfect way to end it here. People uh, should follow you on social media. They should uh, subscribe to your podcast. Subscribe to this podcast if they haven't yet. Leave reviews for all of them. For sure. And uh, most importantly, come see a show here at Acme. If not this weekend, hopefully this weekend to see Anthony DeVito. Maybe watch via Zoom. Next week we're gonna have another act here. Let's keep uh, let's yeah. keep supporting Acme. Keep supporting this club. It's one of the best comedy clubs in the country, and we would be devastated without it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Let, let, let's keep it going here. And uh, Anthony. Thank you. See you. Of course, man. Always nice talking to you. See you in a year. Yeah. See you in a year, man.